This week on Podcast 17, Steve from Age of Chivalry joins us and talks about their newest release. We also get a chance to touch base with some older mods, and we quickly go through this week's release list. So stay tuned to Podcast 17. Welcome to another edition of Podcast 17. This is episode 11729 on February 22nd, 2009 on another Sunday. And I am back from Vegas. So I am warning you now, this is going to be a short show because we haven't really been able to play all that much. Um, Well, I haven't really been able to play that all that much. And Thomas has been in papers and Nick is having computer problems. So this is going to be one of our shorter shows. So allow me to introduce our guests of this week. And of course, we have Thomas, my co-host. How are you doing, Thomas? I have to say, I've been in a pretty interesting situation. I'm recording from a basement in pitch dark in a bed on the side of the wall sleeping with a dog. Interesting. How'd you get yourself into that predicament? I'm at my girlfriend's house. Oh, okay, yeah. What we do for our girlfriends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Is she sleeping right now? Yeah, in another room. I actually woke her up the first time I started talking to the computer. She's like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, I'm doing a podcast. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, woman. (laughs) You get the back of my hand. (laughs) Interesting. All right, cool. Um, And this week we have Steve from Age of Chivalry. How are you doing, Steve? Not bad, guys. It's Tiberius Bane. I uh, guess I'm excited to chat it up with you guys. Yeah, it should be a good episode. I mean, we've we've been wanting to have you guys on the show for uh, a while now, and we're glad. Sorry our schedule has been so tight, but uh, oh, finally. Fine. And you guys have a coming release, uh, so it's kind of perfect timing. Yeah, it's been really hectic lately. Yeah, I could imagine. We were hoping to, hoping to get to play it, uh, I guess, before this, right, so we could talk about it a little bit, but that's all right. Oh yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, we'll have lots to talk about. I've played enough of Age of Shiv, but we'll get to that uh, a little bit later in the interview section. So, podcast news. Um, we first off in podcast news is of course I keep mentioning it. It's our video editor. We're looking for a video editor. If you have really any time, not really experience, but if you have any time to splice in some video with our audio. Contact us, feedback at podcast17.com. We have a couple people who are already sending some demos who contacted me. So um, if there's any others of you out there who are interested in something like this, then feel free to get a hold of us um, because this is something we definitely want to pursue, especially with our new Flash player. Which brings me to our second point of news. Um, We had... oh, Nick and I had such... A pain in the ass with the Flash player this week. We had a new Flash player ready and rolled out, and then it apparently didn't work with Flash 10, and we didn't test it with Flash 10 because we figured, oh, it works with Flash 9, so why wouldn't it work with Flash 10? Um, Stupid on our part. So we had to try out um, the new Flow player, which was our kind of our backup choice. Thank God we had a backup choice. And the Flow player seems to be working fine. It doesn't look as good in my opinion. But uh, we're going to work on that. And it can also do video. So it's going to prep us for our video cast when we're ready to do that. Um, and that's it for Podcast 17 News. Thomas, how do you like our new Flash player? I, it's actually working out pretty well. Uh, I think I was the one that told you guys in the comment system that Flash 10 was causing the problems. Um, 
but no, the new one, really crisp audio, so hopefully you, the listeners, will notice the difference right away. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to be... A- it's going to be interesting. I'm glad that we finally got this flash thing out of the way and nobody's reporting any static and now we can go back to our streaming audio because a lot of people like that. So uh, we apologize for, you know, having that away for such a long time, but it's back. So that's awesome. Uh, our next section is follow up on errata and this might be our longest section of the week because we're going to be talking about two mods, Strider Mountain and Cyberscape, uh, both of which... We haven't had a chance to play for a while, um, but it's been on our release list. Strider Mountain is the pre-release. It started off on Planet Philip, and then it pre-released onto ModDB. And I finally got a chance to play this. It took me a whole morning to get through this pre-release. I think it's the first four chapters. I could be wrong. First four or five or something like that. Um, yeah, it's five. Five, first five chapters. And let me just say, it is long. Did anybody else play this or even played the first little bits of it or something? I played the uh, the first two maps all the way through, and then when I got to Propaganda, I stopped at the end. Um, partially because I got stuck, but mostly just because I didn't have time. Yeah, it is, it's a long one. I mean, um, it kind of reminds me of what poke 646 was to half-life one and i'm not sure why but i think it's because of the very claustrophobic areas the map is the mapping style is very claustrophobic it's not very open um you have to walk around walk through a lot of very very narrow catwalks and uh getting from point a to point b is it's very linear but like i said claustrophobic but I don't know. I kind of found it bland after a while after playing it through. Maybe because I just wanted to beat it and get through it and finally say that I finished the pre-release. But uh, I found that it was a little bit exhausting at parts. Um, the voice acting was good, courtesy of Philip and some other guy. But <laughs> um, I'm not sure who else was doing the voice acting. But it was good to see Philip's voice. The direction of the mod was a little bit odd, in my opinion. It was kind of confusing to follow. Um, but I definitely look forward to the main Strider Mountain release. Steve, how'd you like it? From what you played? I thought I thought uh, they used some good cutscenes. They used scenes where like uh, you'd walk in and then the combine would already be fighting the head crabs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they did a pretty good job of that actually. It seemed like there were there were people fighting other than just you, which I think was added to it for me anyway. Right, it was pretty immersive in that sense. And I liked that. Um, so Strider Mountain, pick it up. If you're a Strider Mountain fan, um, the pre-release is out there. Don't, I mean, I hate to, you know, knock Philip, but don't download the one from Planet Philip because the one on ModDB has more content. So head over to ModDB or follow our link in the uh, in the show notes, and uh, you can download it from Filefront. Very you guys good will just backstab anybody, eh? What's that? As soon as one person gets better content, you just promote the other site. Yeah, yeah. But it was on Planet Phil first, so you have to give him said credit. And you know he's he uh, helped with the story, and he's in the voices. So he's he actually does the voice for anybody who doesn't didn't pick it up. He does the voice of the guy who does uh, the I guess the intro. He introduces you to the mission. He's kind of like it's cold there. He's the guy who continuously keeps saying um, you have to find the laptops to download the portal data. So that's Philip. Um, so yeah, download Strider Mountain. It's definitely worth it. Uh, five out of five, in my opinion. It's just kind of exhausting. I don't suggest rushing it, and that was my problem. 
Next on the list is uh, Cyberscape. And this was something interesting we picked up last week, once again, from Planet Philip. It's a project by, um, let's see, I'm going to try to find the name here. I can't find the name of the school. But it's a project by school. <laughs> uh, NAD Center, sorry, NAD Center. And uh, it was actually pretty interesting. They redid all the models, all the character models, weapon models. Um, they, did, they redid some sounds. They added a whole bunch of new textures. And uh, they just kind of made their own little mini storyline. It didn't take me that long to complete, but uh, it was kind of weird and kind of odd at the very beginning watching all the smiling faces of the robotics walking around. And then later on, you have to fight. You kind of go into this weird alternate reality. It reminded me of Fear, but maybe that's just because I've been playing Fear too much. But uh, did anybody else play this or is this just me? Uh, might have been just you, I think. Yeah, might have been just me. Um, but anyway, the way it starts off, I'm going to give you kind of like a plot synopsis. Because last week we were so confused on why there was these smiling soldiers. Um, but it kind of starts off and you're in this kind of utopian world almost. There's no real story, so I'm just kind of picking it off from what I understand. You're in this utopian world where you're kind of a worker. And uh, you're given these drugs so that you're happy all the time. And then something goes wrong, and uh, you kind of see the, the real area that you're working in. Almost like the drugs they give you um, allows you to have these sort of hallucinations on what's really around you. Um, and you know you're always happy because of it. So you something goes wrong, and now you're starting to see the real world around you. And these people are trying to stop you while you escape from this complex. It's interesting. Um, it's very immersive. I had a couple of problems where it would crash on me, and I actually had to restart the maps, and it was getting really laggy. Um, there are a little couple things wrong with it that would that through some bug testing, I think they would have found these issues. But Silvi, uh, it's out there. Um, give it a shot. Definitely another five out of five in my opinion. So that finishes up follow up and Rata. Um, interesting stuff. Two really good mods. Those are probably the best mods on the release list for this week um but don't tune out yet because we got more on the show time for straight from the mouth of valve and we got three news topics here the first is uh the huge team fortress 2 and day of defeat update released um so for those who like team fortress 2 and day of defeat you already are updated but you can check out the change log by following the show notes some things is the sticky bombs now do reduced close range damage um a lot of people are kind of up in arms about that from the team fortress 2 community but there's a graph and maybe i can find you a graph and it shows you um what the difference is from the range it kind of depends on you know the arc and everything like that but you know the team fortress 2 dev team makes everything very nice and clear for you guys um, then they moved the new unlockable system to the new back end. So they're just doing some bug fixes, clearing some things around, blah, blah, blah. You know, normal updates, but check out the change log if you're interested. Which leads us to our next thing, and that's the Team Fortress 2 Scout update. Has anybody been playing Has anybody been playing Team Fortress 2 lately? For the Scout update? Uh, actually, I didn't realize it was out. Is it actually out yet? or? Well, they're rolling it out day by day, kind of. Okay, so we're on right like, right now as it stands. We're on day four, and they are rolling out till Tuesday, from what I understand. So mm, yes, 
I'm not much of a Team Fortress 2 fan, but uh, so far what they've added was the Sandman. Um, that's the new bat, so to speak. Um, you can, like, hit people on the head with baseballs and stuff, and um, I don't know. That's cool. It looks cool. Um, the next update, I don't know what days these were, but uh, like I said, they're slowly rolling them out. The next update was some new maps, Arena Watchtower and CP uh, Junction, made specifically pretty much for the Scout. They should be pretty interesting to play through. The third update, and this is the big one that everybody loved, was the uh, the energy drink and all the new Scout achievements. Um, there are tons here. There's 35 new Scout achievements for you to go around and try to get. I saw a lot of people playing TF2 this day, um, like dying to try to get all these achievements. People love getting achievements in TF2, which is nice. And the newest one so far, actually when this podcast is out, the Monday one should be out as well. But the newest one is... Capture Point Egypt and CP Fast Lane update. So uh, those are two, one new map and one new update. So check out the Scout achievement because this is big news right now in the community. Has anybody played the Scout? Thomas, what's your favorite TF2 character? Ooh, favorite TF2 character. I don't know. It probably would be the Scout. He's just way too much fun to play. Even when before he got the updates, just running around, getting really close up to a guy with the scatter gun, you know, giving him two shots, maybe pulling out your bat just to finish off that last <laughs> pixel of health he has left instead of reloading. Yep. And all those kind of things that made him very fun to play. And just the sheer amount of speed that you had. And now with the energy drink, even though it's got, you know, uh, my understanding of it is that you can use it to dodge bullets for a few seconds, but there's like a crash time afterwards. Oh, okay, I see. So... So, so really I guess tired. that kind of helps, yeah, it helps balance it out. I think you slow down for a few seconds, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, I guess, I've, and I've also read into uh, bits and pieces of what the new scattergun is going to be like. Um, the one that is yet to come out, I know for certain that it has some kind of ability to launch the player, like uh, a rocket jump of some sort. Nice. That should be interesting. And, uh, yeah, you can find it out because in the CP Egypt update, in the block of text, it says uh, it's, you know, for people that can make uh, vertical movements, and then it lists all these classes, and then it says, and the scout with its unlockable scattergun. <laughs> interesting. So they kind of gave away what they were going towards. Well, correct me if, yeah, I'm, wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the scout did have conch grenades in TFC, correct? Yes. So they need some way to allow the scout to do some sort of jumps if they want to go through, you know, the old TFC ways. But the scout does double jump regardless, so I guess that kind of relieved some of the pressure. Anyway, Steve, you and the team, you guys play TF2 anytime? Uh, me personally, I know some of the guys actually, like Drakir and Inra, the lead uh, team leader and the lead coder were actually in a, in a clan for it a while ago, but myself, I don't play it. I was yeah. given it as a gift, you know, like a demo trial or whatever, for a weekend, and I played it, and it was—it's just too fast for me, too arcadey, um, kind of like Quakeish in a way, and I'm not a huge fan of that. But uh, I think the new update's pretty cool. You can bash balls at people. Yeah, that's, um, always, that's always fun. The one thing I would like to see from the bat that doesn't look like they did was, uh, you know, Super Smash Brothers, oh, yeah. where you could wind up the big home run. I think that would have been really cool. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt with TF2 as well. TF2 was a little bit more fast-paced than TFC for me. 
That's why I didn't really make the transition. That's why I like Fortress Forever better. So, there's a plug for Fortress Forever. But, uh, yeah, the new update's out there. And it should be interesting. Like, they're rolling out all the new updates for all the new classes. Slowly but surely, they are. And uh, this week is the scout. So, we'll see what happens. Next thing on Straight from the Mouth of Valve, um, Gabe Newell was at the DICE 2009 keynote, um, and G4 was able to live blog it. And he just talks a little bit about, uh, you know, their pricing scale, um, how Valve is doing in the long run of things, um, do they see value in Facebook and MySpace, um, you know, the differences between PC and uh, console content, um, and mainly all business-y type things. Um, you know, they talk about the whole aspect of Valve, not just the Half-Life series, but they talk about the revival of Team Fortress, um, obviously Portal and Left 4 Dead, and then um, they mention Half-Life 2 Episode 3, which is interesting. Did anybody read through this whole interview? I didn't get to read through the whole interview. Ooh, I don't think I... I skimmed it, but... I didn't. I didn't see the part about uh, uh, words. Episode three. Yeah, they 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 mention it in the uh, in the intro to the interview. I guess G four mentions it, but they don't actually mention it <laughs> in the actual interview. It's sad. They get me all excited for nothing. I guess Gabe didn't want to release any information about episode three. Oh well. Say, Livy. Um. Yeah, so he gets it's, a bigger meeting or a bitty, bigger audience at his next conference. <laughs> that's true. As soon as I'm, I, I'm so serious. As soon as Gabe and the Valve team decide to release some content about Episode Three, the whole community is just gonna have a shitstorm. They're all waiting for this update. Everybody wants this single-player update to the Half-Life Saga, and so I mean, for good reason. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> so yeah. that's these guys have a lot of pressure on though. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's true. But they'll do it right. I mean, it's their product, so I don't see them doing it wrong. They had a lot of pressure with episode two, but not as much as episode three. Yeah, they gotta end the story. So. Mhm. Yep. Are they gonna end the story in episode three? Or well, that's, I'm, I'm, that's the impression I had, but I don't know if that's right. Yeah. I hope they don't end Half Life. What else am I gonna do with my life? Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to, like, play other games. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm never going to go away from Half-Life. Ever. So anyway, um, that is straight from the mouth of Valve. And next on our list is Portal releases. There's just two quick Portal releases that I got a chance to play. One is called Kern Course Chamber 1. This was actually a really fun map. Um, there's nothing special about it, but if you like... Um, you know, puzzle-based maps, and you're into the portal-based um, franchise. There are some really weird things that I haven't seen before done. Uh, and really small chambers. See, it's, it says Chamber 1, but there's multiple puzzles in Chamber 1. So really small areas, um, compact, and you have to do a lot in this small area just to finish the puzzle, which I found interesting. It wasn't some long, drawn-out area that you had to shoot yourself across, more really refined things, but not too difficult. I was able to beat it, which is a plus because I'm pretty bad at portals. The next thing we have on our list is Access All Areas Part 1, and uh, don't download this. 
That's all I'm gonna say about Axis <laughs> Hilarious. Um, it's not ready for a release. It's like this guy is releasing his maps, and uh, he's like, "This is the first one," and all it is is like the outdoor of the of the complex that he plans on doing the puzzles in. Um, there was nothing special about this map at all it was actually kind of annoying you know full bright there's no clips you can follow the map so avoid this at all costs if you see this anywhere do not download it wait till it's done or wait till he refines it and that's it for portal releases <laughs> not much to say but don't download axis hilarious download current course that was a good map from fps banana not on aperture labs yet so anyway um, next on our list is left for dead releases and i'm just gonna shoot through these real quick huge list of stuff um unfortunately we weren't able to i wasn't able to play any of these because like i said nick's computer is all messed up um but the first one is gates of hell version one from fps banana it's a hold off map so it looks like just a really really small arena map you have to fight off some zombies see how long you can hold off doesn't look that great in the pictures um but you know gameplay in left for dead doesn't really rely on graphics um road to hell is the next one this is a campaign map and this was something that i was looking forward to playing with nick but uh he hasn't been on it's kind of like a foresty highway campaign looks very interesting i would suggest this one just by judging at the pictures left for dead cottage of doom uh, this is another hold off map where there's just a cottage in the middle of a field and it looks like you just have to hold off all the zombies Looks kind of cool. Um, looks better than the other hold-off map, that's for sure. A little bit more refined, a little bit more creepy. Next one from FPS Banana is Last Chance. Uh, another hold-off map. A lot of hold-off maps because the SDK isn't out yet. Those are the easiest types of maps to make. And it looks like it's just kind of, uh, you know, you're in this building and you have to fend off against zombies. Doesn't look that great, um, but if you're looking for a quick fix, it's another good one. Um, next on the list is Survival 101, and this is a beta coming from leftfordeadmaps.com. I also saw this on ModDB, and this looks really good. This is probably one of the big releases for the week for Left 4 Dead. They actually have their own little movie poster and everything. They're ready for the SDK. Kind of an outdoorsy environment where you have to fight through building to building. Um, looks very cool. From the screenshots, there's not any pictures of uh, zombies, so I'm not even sure if... I'm sure there's zombies. I'm sure they added them. But uh, I'm not sure if it's playable. Like I said, I'm sure it is. Um, back to FPS Banana. Sands of Hell, an updated map. Another hold-off map. It kind of looks like an islandy thing you fight on this island. Looks pretty good. Um, I would definitely play this one. Um, wow, FPS Banana's being weird. That's why I'm jumping around. Um, next is Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead Zelda. This was on front page of FPS Banana, and it looks fun. Um, the screenshots look kind of corny, but hey, it's Zelda, and there's nothing wrong with that, so I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> um, Space Harrier for Left 4 Dead. Here's something that looked insanely interesting, and if anybody wants to open up the link, I'll just post it in our chat there for a sec. And, uh, basically there's, looks like there's these flying cars... And tanks going around, throwing around stuff. And there's these missiles with these targets. I don't know what this map is about, but <laughs> it should be interesting. I suggest downloading it just because it looks interesting and kooky. And it's called Space Harrier. What a cool name. 
<laughs> Do you guys have any idea what this map is about? Kind of looks like uh, Jason 10 when he went to space. <laughs> That's true. It looks like you're giant, hoping, too. I'm hoping the trucks are falling and you have to like dodge them and stuff. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. It's raining trucks. <laughs> it looks like you're playing football with tanks. Yeah, that's true. Got the linebacker there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, next on our list is Cottage of Doom. Another kind of looks like hold off map, which is a cottage. Oh, wait, we already went through this, didn't we? Yeah, there seems to be a few duplicates on the list here. Yeah, there is a few duplicates. Damn it, that's Nick's problem. He goes and puts links on the form and screws with my system. Then there's Zelda again and Death Aboard, which is an update to uh, a map that we talked about previously. So go to the other episode, listen to the Death Aboard chatter, and uh, check it out again if you haven't played it yet. So that's Left for Dead. Sorry about the long, drawn-out chat, but... Uh, those are the Left 4 Dead releases. Next is the actual release list for Half-Life 2, and no real mods this week. Actually, I think there's no mods. They're just all single-player no. maps. Huh. And I played the first three. Did you? Yes, I did. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm very proud of you, Thomas. <laughs> I, I squeezed it in between a paper. I'm like, okay, he's in Vegas. I need to sit down and play something. <laughs> and... Those were the those were the only three that were on the release list uh, when I had the time. The last three, I don't know when they got added, but whatever. Mm -hmm. So here we go. <laughs> Big explosion theory, and I hate head crabs. I'm gonna kind of lump these maps together because they're pretty simple in design. Um, I really do hate head crabs. I find them incredibly annoying enemies. Um, that being said, they're a good enemy because you need to have enemies that the player hates to run into. <laughs> that being said, creating an entire map where all you fight is head crabs is really, really annoying. Did you find the secret though? The secret no, I didn't to killing the secret. The secret to killing the head crabs, and I hate head crabs. No, I didn't. Oh, it's water. Nobody ever knows this. That's what the map was trying to teach you. No. Nobody picked that. Head crabs can't swim, noobs. You just go in the water and they follow you to their death. And then all of them are gone. Problem solved. Well, that makes the map even less fun then. <laughs> I just walk in the water, it's like, now what? They're all dead. <laughs> now you just wait for them to die. It's fun watching them kick their little legs in the water and they're like, I'm drowning. It's fun to watch. Just for sadistic play. people. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, what are you going to do after the show? Go out and drown a few dogs? <laughs> it's fun to watch head crabs drown. Especially the damn poison ones. I hate those sons of bitches. Yeah, those ones suck. <laughs> so tell us about Big Explosion Theory. Big Explosion Theory is, if I had to take a guess, it's not. it's one of the mapper's first releases simply because of the incredibly simple architecture. Like, we're talking box rooms and things like that. The gameplay was alright, but it was what I kind of felt to be a dime a dozen map, you know? Lots of them like that out there. It was alright, but nothing incredibly special. Mm -hmm. I found this one interesting only because it felt like you were playing as a combine to me. 
Mm. This was the Combine one, right? Where he plays a Combine to infiltrate the base of Rebels? Yeah, yep. that's the one. Yeah. I, it, it actually felt like to me that we were, you know, the roles have reversed in some in some sense. And there are some maps who tried to do that uh, and some mods who tried to do that, and but it just doesn't feel as genuine as this. I agree with you with the actual brushwork. It is kind of bland and boring. But I got the feeling real quick, and I actually had fun playing this, running away when the explosion was going and everything. That's fun. Cool. I thought that, I don't know, maybe I had a glitch, because the third map, was that actually a map? Or was that yeah, just a well, cinematic? I've, of... got a beef, I've got a beef with uh, Sentence to Death. Huge <laughs> beef. Really? What's that? Really. Well, first tell, us, know... first tell us what Sentence to Death is, and then... Okay, Sentence to Death is, well, you get this little cutscene at the very beginning uh, where you see two rebels running away. As, uh, I'm, I'm guessing they're escaping from the prison that you're in and they get killed. And then it cuts to you in a cell and a combine comes to pick you up uh, for, I'm going to guess, execution since the name of the mod is Sentence to Death. Right. Now, here's where things go really junky really fast. He takes you out of the cell... He takes you to the staircase, you go down to the staircase, and you go into, like, the, the center prison arena area, and all of a sudden they start, all, all the combine just open up, start shooting at you, and you die. There's nowhere to run, there's no weapons, there's no health, That's, and that's not how you're I, supposed to play it. You screwed up. <laughs> did, Steve, did you screw up too? Because this is what happened to me, and it happened six times. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm like, screw this, I'm done. You're talking about sentence to death now? Y yeah. I didn't get to play that one, but I definitely, definitely screwed up on Big Explosion Theory. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's uh, go back for that for a sec. William told me that it would be, like, really quick. I don't know, it took me, like, two hours to get through this. Really? I don't know, maybe I'm just awful. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I beat the, uh the whole place, and they got to the part where the guys are shooting rockets at the Strider. Uh -huh. And then uh, I killed them all. And I was just standing around for like half an hour with this alarm going off. My dad was going nuts. And I couldn't <laughs> figure out how to get over to that other that hole. I knew I had to get there, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. So that was frustrating. But And then uh, what happened was, in the next map, I ended up hanging up or something, so I had to reload the map. And then I had no guns and no bullets. So... <laughs> yeah, I the found last a grenade. Sorry. I managed to kill somebody, and then uh, I did the only thing logical you can do in any Valve game when you have low ammo. I shot my buddy in the head, and <laughs> then it worked out. <laughs> the last map is actually a video, so if you like, I don't. I think if you don't transition properly, then the the map will kind of screw up. It's just a video of like the train or whatever the car driving out from the building. I don't want to ruin it, but. Uh... Yeah, it's it's fairly it's a fairly quick map. So you didn't miss anything. You got to the end essentially. Well, it felt like I don't know the, the whole build up with the big explosion and and then it's like you have forty five seconds. I was like, oh, awesome! This is gonna be fun. You know, to yeah. have a time limit and have to run and stuff. And my sprint was actually broken at the time, so it was <laughs> even more exciting. But uh, I only fought like four guys on the way out. And I don't yeah, know, I, I think they could have uh, made it longer. The rush out, I think that would have been more exciting. I felt the same way. It did kind of seem endy, you know what I mean? Like, very abrupt. Yeah. But, anyway. But, okay, back to Sentence to Death, because I'm going to yell at you, Thomas, again. Okay. <laughs> You're supposed to follow orders. The guy is like... The Combine... You're not supposed to get ahead of the Combine, right? Think think of yourself being escorted 
in a prison, right? If you get ahead of the combine, they'll shoot you. Like, following the guy in front of you, right? If you don't do what he says, they'll shoot you, right? So, what he was doing was, with the stun thing, he was um, waving you to go inside the other chamber, like across. If you look at image, let's see, image 8 on planet Philip. There's two chambers there. There's the one chamber on the right with the person in it. You can actually enter the other chamber, like, behind, and he's like, get in there. And you're supposed to go around him and go inside the chamber. And then when you get in the chamber, um, you know, they you watch them kill the one person, and then they're about to kill you, and then a big explosion happens, and Alex is like, I'm here to save the day! And then the whole map starts. I chalked that up to bad design then. Yeah, Because well, I thought true. I was supposed to follow the, the Combine dude, so I follow him down. And, like, around the staircase, I can get in front of him, jump around, and do all sorts of crazy crap. Because I thought that's that was maybe the problem. Like, okay, maybe I'm supposed to, like, walk right behind this guy. Nope. <laughs> they still kill you. Really? And he keeps walking past. He keeps uh, walking past the door that you're supposed to go in, so I'm still following him. And that's when I get shot. Mm-hmm. So that, that's really frustrating. Well, that's the problem. You're right. It's it's not... I'm, I mean, I poke fun at you, but it is actually... A problem with bad design and uh because when when you're starting a map where it's player driven like that and the player has to follow like a specific path or else he'll just die or everything will yep. go to shit um it's up to the mapper to make sure that that doesn't happen you know what i mean that yep. there's some you way need, you need to assume you need to assume that i am a dumb mother cow <laughs> and need to be guided by the nose ring wherever i'm supposed to go Right. To assume that I know what a waving combine with a stun stick is telling me to go in some kind of complex directional pattern. It's... Grrr! <laughs> um, you're right. You're absolutely right. And this is one of the downfalls. But once you get past that, the map is, is pretty fun. Um, I, I especially like the end because... I mean, I liked it because they used Alex a lot. And not because I like Alex, but because you don't see that as much anymore. Um, but they used a lot of her animations. There's a lot of really, really cool things that they were doing with the mod and, uh, you know, harping back on some of the Half-Life 2 stuff. It was pretty sweet. Um, I li I like to picture I wasn't Gorn. I was like another rebel and it was kind of like a story segue from Half-Life 2 that was kind of going concurrently when Alex just kind of pieced out for a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, it was cool. I had a lot of fun playing it, but like I said, you're entirely right. Um, you know, it's, it's a problem with the map or not with you, in my opinion. Anyway, next on the map list is mapped first. Uh, another map that if you see it, avoid it. All it basically is, is there's this fire and you have to jump over the fire and then you're outside and you're like, sweet. That's it. Uh, there's nothing special about this map. Um, the 10 levels is a map that I didn't get to play because, uh, it's a co-op map, and I was waiting for Nick, but apparently it's a co-op 10-level pack, and uh, you basically have to make your way through different areas, different skill areas, so if you're into these kind of skill cooperative maps, this is definitely for you. Um, just a really quick list here. The first one's called Entryway of Doom, then Tricks and Traps, then Underground, then Across the Darkness, then Die Hard, then The Base then Scary House, then A Place to Die, then Choose Your Destiny, and then End of Evil. So it kind of follows um, a sequence. So it definitely you definitely need to play with a friend. You definitely need to play on a controlled server if you're going to play this in HL2DM because there's 10 maps and all um, 
they're all sequential, so you can't really jump from one to the other. Um, but if you have a couple of good friends and you like these sort of cooperative experiences, then definitely pick this up. I can't wait to play this. This will probably be up on follow-up on Rado when Nick gets his stuff fixed. So uh, stay tuned for next episode. And lastly, on our list is uh, Combine Surveillance Final. If you remember, we talked about Combine Surveillance uh, a couple weeks ago, one or two weeks ago. Um, but this is just the final version. So I would suggest downloading this. This was kind of a fun map. Uh, and, I mean, he just fixed it up, made it uh, a little bit better, cleaned up some things, and that is Combine Surveillance Final. And that is our release list. So uh, over to the Media Blitz. And quick media blitzes the first one comes from prison island and uh prison island actually posted a pretty cool post um i found this a little bit interesting and i thought it was worth a mention a little bit um because prison island looks kind of like a cool mod uh they got some nice pictures of their prison and then they also have some nice pictures of their island and some models that will be included in this mod so check it out, and they have a little audio track that they posted on their ModDB profile. So check it out, and uh, look around at the storyline. A lot of people are commenting on the story. They think it's awesome. I also think it's a pretty good storyline, very in-depth. Um, yeah, it's kind of like an interesting take on where things could go from now, from the economy falling right now, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, they're putting a lot of thought into their storyline, and that's nice. You don't see that enough. And that's why I thought it was worth a mention. Next on the list is the Union. And uh, the Union is something that we've been following for a while. It's a short half single player mod for episode two. Um, you're pr kind of playing with antlions and vortigons. And uh, they're trying to make it through the combined forces and basically um, escape from this sort of prison. They have some cool videos up on their mod db profile now some trailers of what the union will be like so watch those i think um they're probably five minutes in total each almost that's what it that's what it looks like um but they're cool they give you an idea of what the what to expect from the mod it almost looks like a deathmatch single player mod because you know they're using the whole nova prospect um environment and that's synopsis with with uh, Deathmatch. But anyway, check out the Union and uh, look at those videos. Next is Black Sector. And Black Sector is something that we're also looking forward to a lot because it's a nice third-person over-the-shoulder experience. They made a very nice system where you can look over your player's shoulder. Um, you play as a combined soldier. They got a lot... Nice artwork up and some nice shadows in their maps. And uh, they also link to Podcast 17, which is awesome. And so I figured we should talk about them. And lastly in our media blitz, probably the biggest media blitz for this week, and I'm sure Thomas has a lot to say about this, that's the Cry of Fear videocast episode one, where some developers of Cry of Fear, James, Andreas, Jordy, and Lass... Um, for those who don't know them by their first names, that's Minuet, Rumple, Sporket, and Berserk, um, decided to talk about their mod and how they develop. So, Thomas, what'd you think? Um, well, a lot of people really don't know what to think of this video, and uh, I think a good chunk of that has to do with a lot of people are expecting uh, strictly 
them talking about the mod and what they're working on but to me it's almost like a, an inside look at not only um, of the mod making itself but the processes and kind of a little bit more uh, personal background about each person like how how each person decides to do their little video clip tells you a lot about uh, their personality what they think is funny or what they think is a, a, a cool effect even within uh, real life and it's always really good to put faces to names on the internet like it's just one of those feelings that you get a, a better connection with that person and for that reason I think it worked very well now I know that there's uh, some people and I think Will uh, you were one that was talking about why they didn't use like screen capturing um, for what the in-game bits that they did show and yeah that's a legitimate question like I know that James shot with a digital camera nothing really fancy like the same ones that you get in the store that takes pictures with the LCD on the back nothing nothing uh, as high-tech but at the same time it kinda went with the guerrilla style of videography I think he wanted so I think it was a style choice more than anything else maybe it didn't work who knows that's for the populace to decide but um, I think well I already know that Heart of Evil Napalm Editions team will be copying this idea <laughs> just to see how well it works That'd be interesting. my parts already done awesome um, you know what I uh, back to that style with you know the the grungy camera style I think they mainly did that for another reason too and that's because they didn't want to show off too much content of the mod they didn't want to give away mm -hmm. the glamour and the gluts of the actual mod. They just wanted to kind of show how it's built and what to expect. So if you want to see that sort of high res, just wait till the mod comes out and then you can play it. They're kind of more showing the workings of the mod and not what it looked like. Trying to mm -hmm. keep something secret, almost adding like a blur effect. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. No. It was interesting, and my god does Rumble swear a lot. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I blame his lack of English vocabulary. <laughs> he knows all the swear words. Of course. <laughs> what What do you say when you learn a new language? Oh, teach me how to swear in it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's interesting. We got to look at what everybody does, and you were right. Some of them, like the way they present themselves, some people, like one person was wearing like a furry hat, not into furries, but whatever, to each their own. And then the other guy was wearing like a gas mask for a while, and then he took it off. Um, it was cool. I don't know. I, I really thought that that bit where James was playing Monopoly with his yeah. friend there at the beginning was actually pretty funny. It was so weird, though. I wasn't expecting that. And they just fast-forwarded through the Monopoly game. Like, what does this have to do with modding? <laughs> but that's, that's just one of the things that makes, you know, them them. It's just nonsense. Right. You know, and it just added to the, yeah, we've got no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Is that really a good thing, or? Well, it depends on what you set out to do. I think they, still, they yeah. I don't know. They still pump out really good single player mods, so whatever, whatever gets it done, right? Because Cry <laughs> Fear is gonna be awesome. They got. And you do get a look into like some of the really awesome things that they're coming out with. So if you're a Cry Fear fan. And you think this is all just them blabbing about their lives. It's not, because, I mean, James shows off the inventory system, and that's friggin' awesome. And the new menu loadouts, and then uh, Rumpel shows off, you know, 
how he builds to cut screens in the beginning, and uh, that was awesome as well. So there are some really cool things that are coming with this mod. So, and they're all in the video, so watch it. But it almost looks like maybe maybe Tommy's you can let us know. But this is Webcast One. Now everybody was featured in Webcast One, so what do they plan for Webcast Two? I almost don't know what kind of things they're going to show off. Maybe they'll play Risk. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's a very good question. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Dum 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 dum. Anyway, while you if look at it, if I had to up. guess, it'll probably just be. Yeah. I well, I just have a feeling it's going to be like them going around the round table again, talking about a different subject. If I had to take a guess. Yeah. But I'll get back to you on a minute on what webcast two will hold. Okay. Um, next on our list, though, is Topic of the Week, and this is Topic of the Weeks again, and our first website is gamemodels.de. This was posted on Half-Life Creations and also another site I can't remember. But this is kind of a new site that sprung up, and what they do is they post, you know, almost like Prefab Land. Does anybody remember Prefab Land back in the day of Half-Life 1 for mappers? Um, no? It's Okay. I'm sure somebody out there remembers Prefab Land. Um, what they do is they post models and textures for people to download freely. So if you have anything you would like to share or anything you would like to take, head over to Game Models. It's almost like the leave a penny, take a penny jars that you see at 7-Elevens. And uh, check it out. Because you can always contribute to the community through this if, you're, if you just have something really small to do. Next on our topic of the week, and Thomas, feel free to interrupt me when you know the answer to that question. Um, next on topic of the week is Planet Phillips 2009 video review, and uh, he talks about the mod of the year, uh, maps of mods, and in, sorry, January 2009. He talks about the mod of the year 2008, and uh, all the maps and mods of January 2009, uh, the new site changes, the poll questions, the articles. Um, it's a very, very good summary of what happened at Planet Phillips in January 2009, and you know, the later parts of 2008. It's a 20-minute video, and uh, it's very good. And uh, it's good. always good to hear Philip's voice again. So check it out. Watch the little almost a year-in-review or month-in-review type thing. Next on our topic of the week is the Mod Database Mod of the Year Awards, and they're still not done with the 2008 Mod of the Year Awards because now they are starting to roll out the Editor's Choice. And uh, Editor's Choice is, of course, totally not up to the readers, not up to the viewers. This is where the editors get together, and they talk about their favorite mods of the year, and they kind of decide amongst themselves. A lot of people like Editor's Choice. I think it's a little bit more in-depth, to be honest, the way, they, uh, the way they mention everything. But the two that are out right now are Most Innovative Multiplayer and uh, Best Original Art Direction. And we'll start with uh, Most Innovative Multiplayer. And the winner of this was uh, Celestial Impact, I think. Oh, no, that's Nominee. Sorry. Um, Smashball. Smashball is the winner for Half-Life 2 for Most Innovative Multiplayer, and I think they deserve that. Some nom nom nominees was Celestial Impact, which is an indie game, Eternal Silence for Half-Life 2, and of course we know all about that, and Europe in Rain Ruins, don't know what that is, San Andreas Multiplayer, which sounds cool, and like I said, Smashball 1. So uh, that's Innovative Multiplayer. 
the next award is Best Original Art Direction. And I see here that Age of Chivalry was in the nominee list. Yeah. How'd you feel I, about that? It took me by surprise at first, but uh, it is a total conversion, and it has changed basically everything, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs> uh, this, this um, I guess, award really is... I have no idea how they managed to judge this. How do you compare medieval times with car <laughs> graphics, with cyberspace <laughs> graphics, and then, like, modern gun zombie stuff? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm think... not mad at their choice at all. I think Delta Sector, Delta Sector is awesome, but I'm just saying, like, how did they come to that decision? I don't I think what they do is they just pick a list of, you know, they say, you know, what's original to us and then or in terms of art direction, and they'll make a list and they'll say, well, what's the best one? What's the one we have the most fun playing? And that's how they choose, really. Um, and I know they like, I know the guys who are working on this right now. I mean, Ryan and probably Dave for the ones who are working on this. They love Far Cry 2 right now. So they're probably a little bit biased, but that's what the editor's choice is all about. It's about their biased opinions um to kind of go away from since since everything everything else is so structured this is an outlet for them to kind of um an outlet for them to you know voice their opinions almost so anyway you guys are telling me that celestial impact yeah william you're on yeah william you're on crack uh celestial impact actually (laughs) won it wasn't smash ball really then why'd they put the smash ball video at the top yeah oh did okay. you watch the entire thing? Oh, did they just do a... Oh, okay. Did they do one of those things again? Okay, I see. My B. So Delta Sector 1 for... I was right for this one. Best Original Art Direction, Delta Sector 1. I see they did a video synopsis. I don't watch the videos, I just read the thing. So I saw the winner underneath the video logo. I, I was all confused. Anyway, sorry. So Celestial and Impact 1 for uh, Originality. Um, so next up, also on the Mod of the Year Awards for Editor's Choice is Best Upcoming Mod. And this the winner hasn't been released yet, but the nominees are Cry of Fear, Curse, uh, Lightspire, uh, Nehrum, Petrograd. I don't know. There's a lot of non-Half-Life stuff here. But between... Here, let's, let's ask the audience. Between Cry of Fear and Curse, what do you think is the most original? I don't know. That's a tough one. You know, by the title of the game, I don't think Cry Fear will win. Um, because Cry Fear isn't really original. It's just another play on Afraid of Monsters and Afraid of Monsters Director's Cut and all those other horror, Silent Hill, Resident Evil games. I don't know if you can put it in the same boat as Afraid of Monsters, even though it was developed by the same people. Well, I know, I know. but I think it... in terms of playing I, I... out... I don't know. I thought it was honestly going to lose to the Naruto mod because I thought, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that like that terrible, terrible series. <laughs> but I was surprised to see that Cry of Fear won, so it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Right. Simply because I hate being surprised twice, but it wouldn't surprise me if they would still manage to pull it off. And I think it'll be a Half-Life mod. I really, really doubt that a Crisis mod will take it. Really? You think so? Some of these mods oh, yeah. look pretty sweet. I mean, I haven't played them, but they look pretty cool. Um, like, look at this Lightspire one. It's it's almost like they ported Oblivion to Crisis. I mean, that's pretty original. Yeah. Yeah, Lightspire actually does have some really impressive 
screenshots there. <laughs> to be honest, in comparison to like the curse and cry of fear, Lightspire looks badass. Um, and I mean, Nahrim, I don't know. It looks like an Elder Scrolls game, so no. Um, Petrograd, this kind of looks like uh, St Stalker, um, Shadow Chernobyl or something for Crisis. So I don't know. I mean, we're not we're not a Crisis podcast, so we can't say for sure. <laughs> but uh, looks cool. These mods look cool. So stay tuned to the editor's choice. I like the editor's choice. Like I said, it's fun to go through. So that's it. Did you get an answer for us, Thomas? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, good. I was just speaking to James now, and I got two answers. One of them I'm not going to read on the air. Um, <laughs> but it is too secret for the nerds. <laughs> so, in other words, you find out when it's finished. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. And that that's very much like James, so... Yeah. All right, so that finishes up our um, topic of the week. And so now we can go into our interview with Steve from Age of Shiv. So, hi, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I've been here a while, but hey. <laughs> oh. um, so tell us what you do with uh, Age of Shiv. What do you do for Age of Shiv? Um, that's a hard question. <laughs> I've done a lot of things over the time. So actually, I was originally brought on just for marketing. And then... Uh, as the modern world goes, I just kind of got dragged into more and more. And now I do like level design, scripting, uh, concept design, and all that kind of stuff. So pretty Very involved cool. now, actually. How long have you been with the team? Since Well, on the team, I've been on the team since December 2007. And I was a beta tester for a very, very long time before that, back to the original alphas when you just ran up to each other and basically... <laughs> that you died with no reason, so <laughs> been around a while. Okay, so you're you're pretty fluent in the team's history, I guess. I'm <laughs> I'm not exactly the team's historian, <laughs> um, so if I screw something up in that area, I'm sorry, guys, but I don't know. That's okay. I should do all right. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what Age of Shiv is about for those people who aren't fluent in the mod. Age of Chivalry is basically about making a first-person um, medieval online game that, um, I don't know, it's exciting. It, there's not very many don't professional um, companies that have done this, so it's kind of a new area. It's PvK, if anyone knows what that is. I'm sure lots of you do. It's mm -hmm. a faster-paced game than Age of Chivalry, and it's kind of like the difference between Quake and Half-Life in that way, in the, in the pace anyway. So Age of Chivalry... Um, there's uh, objective-based gameplay, and that's a huge part of it. Uh, it's basically just swords, and I don't know. Everyone likes swords except Tetsuro. So. <laughs> Seems <laughs> like everybody heard that interview. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did mention Age of Shiv during that interview. I think Ryan was like, so do you hate Age of Chivalry because it has swords? And he was like, no, because they're supposed to be there. <laughs> I, I told myself I wouldn't make a joke about that, but it's hard not. He's to. a good guy, so he give is. him a break. He is. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, tell. I mean, you're you guys are releasing what? What day are you releasing the new version of Age of Chivalry? Uh, Friday, last Friday, but uh, <laughs> that uh, kind of got screwed up with the new Steam Steam beta update. And mm -hmm. it kind of broke our achievements and stats, so we had to push things back until I could get a fix. So I guess when you're listening to this, it'll either already be out or very, very shortly after. Awesome. 
So what can people expect in the newer version? Um, in terms of like over the other version, the first thing you'll yep. notice right away is either the, the GUI and the interface, the HUD and everything. Um, there's nine classes, and we split up the three classes of Footman, Knight, and Archer into nine different ones. Uh, gave them all different stats so they play differently. And uh, the new hit detection, so that's going to be pretty big. Like you see guys using the overhead and the stab a whole lot more. That's pretty exciting. Um, and definitely the new gore is, is a big part of it, too. Yeah. I don't think Half-Life 2 has enough gibbing. I think every mod has to have gibbing. <laughs> I hated it when they removed gibbing from Half-Life 2. So, I'm glad Age like of... our catapults. <laughs> yeah. Age of Chivalry is awesome in terms of, you know, the gore and the just destruction. It really yeah. makes you feel like... You know, Medieval like... Times was pretty brutal, so you get away <laughs> with a lot of it, I guess. That's true. So one of my one of my main questions, uh, and maybe you know a little bit about the development, um, is that Half Life Two is known for having a horrible close combat system, but Age of Chivalry <laughs> is known for having an awesome close combat system. So how did you guys fix that, and how did you guys you know um, enter that way of development? Uh, well, basically, what we did is I'm not sure, like, the average gamer might not know this, but when the animation swings, it means nothing. Like, you actually have to trigger the damage with code, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So we had to swing out, uh, we had to update where the sword or weapon was at each uh, trace, called swing traces. And basically, we, well, in the new version, the new hit detection uses about five times as many of these to check, like, constantly update where the sword's path is. So basically, if you, t- if you there's a command that you can turn this on, and you can actually see like the waves of the red lines uh, follow your your entire swing. So it's pretty interesting, I think. So are you saying now, um, Age of Chivalry does use model collision to the player, or it still no, 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 sorry. damage we, we is still use, triggered? Yeah, we've seriously enhanced the uh, swing tracing that okay. we used before. All right, interesting. So what other stumbling blocks have you guys ran into during the development of Age of Shiv? Oh, a lot. Third-person <laughs> animations. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers the 1.0 where we had people dying, I don't know, like 40 feet away from a swing and stuff like that. We've had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, total conversion. I mean, Half-Life was just not made for um, Neely, but we've, we've, I think we've reworked it pretty good now. And... Uh, we're feeling pretty good about this release, actually. Pretty excited about it. That's good. And as you know, marketing director or whatnot, um, <laughs> how hard was it to port your stuff to Steamworks? And was Valve very, you know, willing to do basically whatever you wanted in that sense? Uh, Valve's been really good working with us, actually. Sometimes the response time for emails is a little frustrating, but you know they're busy. <laughs> they, they're pretty good for us, uh, considering that were just a mod that actually treat us pretty good, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Thomas, you got any questions? Hmm. It's so hard because, like, I've only seen the demonstration videos. I actually saw the one that was uploaded to ModDB that he has uh, talked about the swing tracing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really an interesting way to, of doing it as opposed to, you know, the terrible, terrible Half-Life 2 crowbar uh, combat system, which so many mods try to pass, is plausible. Yeah, that's I'm um, surprised is... actually that even gun games don't take more interest in melee and in, um, updating the melee because the melee is so bad in standard Half-Life. Yeah, it is. It certainly. Yeah, is. I think a lot of, I think a lot of mods are like, well, we need a melee weapon. Um, 
We can we can give him a knife, or we can give him a well, katana. There was, uh, there, was, <laughs> there was Strider Mountain that just took out the crowbar and put, put in an ice pick or something like that. Yeah. But it, it played the same, so I don't know. Yeah, exactly. it's like, well, we need something for when the idiots run out of bullets. Like, I think that's how a lot of people treat melee. They don't say, okay... So this is how it should work. It's like, uh, we it's there because we have to have something just in case they run out of everything. Yeah. And I think that's how a lot of people treat it, and it's really disappointing. Exactly. It's a pretty good strategy option if, you know, when to engage in melee and when to, you know, like you can ambush high behind walls or shoot mm-hmm. from afar, you know. So. Or like in Cry of Fear, when you have the uh, cell phone out, you can actually punch with uh, the right mouse button, which okay. is, you know, still pretty broken in the sense that it's very simplistic but it's it's something different it's like oh i got caught with my flashlight out start throwing punches <laughs> so tell us about uh how your team works together to release the mod um do you guys have regular like weekly meetings do you, are you guys very structured or what's a what's a kind of a week in the life of age of chivalry from the development cycle I'll refrain from mentioning the past couple of weeks. It's been pretty hectic. <laughs> but uh, we actually are probably one of the most laid-back, unstructured teams. And I think it helps us in a way. Part of that, we do have some communication issues, and I wish we did have more meetings and stuff. But most of it is actually done by the forums and Steam Chat, basically how we run things. Um, mm-hmm. We have uh, implementation sketches ISs, and then we go through them and, and sort them in priority and stuff like that, and then we just bang them out. Basically, it's yeah, not very structured at all. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean that's fine too. I mean it's like like we said, to each their own. Everybody does things their own yeah. way. Um, we we talked about having more structure and stuff, but a lot of the team feels that uh, when there's a to do list, it just kind of takes away from the passion and the excitement of, of modding. So exactly, it makes it feel it's more like so a good job. Good so far. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Guys are working 9 to 5 and coming home, and the, they have this huge list of stuff they have to do. It's The last couple of weeks has been hard, I'll be honest, but we're excited about this release. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, what does the future have in store of Age of Chivalry? Is anybody taking this uh, seriously enough that they would want to port it to like a real game now that you guys are on Steamworks and you have that sort of industry experience? Um, there's always, I don't know, you can always talk about the future. You never know what's going to come. Uh, we're optimistic about uh, some things, but we we don't have anything like written down, or we've lightly discussed some possibilities. But for a long time, I think you guys are going to see Age of Chivalry, you know, staying free as a mod on Steamworks for a bit. Anyway, right, for sure. Will you guys we ever don't go have down any plans to do anything else right now? Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. I mean, uh, everybody loves Age of Chivalry. I, I I don't know one person who doesn't love this game. Um, really. Yeah, to be honest, because everybody just loves going in, in the game. They might not have it, they might not know about it, but once they do have it downloaded, um, you know, they, they enjoy the, the fact of going inside a game and just beating the crap out of somebody with, like, a mace or a sword. Or even even if you like the long-range stuff, you can become an archer and just have fun doing that. Um, so, you say, really, is there a lot of people that don't like Age of Chivalry that you know of? Well, I've found that it's more... There's not very many um, people that sit on the fence. You either like us or you don't. And we've had some pretty vocal people, at least earlier, not so much anymore. Um, but we definitely had some vocal people saying they didn't like it um, for various reasons. Um, 
mostly because of the game pace. I think some people do like the faster arcade That's true. Um, gameplay, and I don't know. We have, But a lot of people do like it, but I, I wouldn't say that everyone likes it. I, don't, I think that's an overstatement. <laughs> Everybody who tries it. <laughs> in my Everyone opinion. who gives it three or more, more maps right. is more likely to, to like it. Does t- it has a lot high learning curve, I'll be honest. But uh, and that's one thing we've tried to um, curb or slow down um, with the new version. How are you guys addressing that? We have a new entity, which is called the Quip, Quick Tip, Quick Tip, which basically it comes out on the, the right side of your screen, and it tells you what your objective is when you spawn, and it tells you um, when you complete an objective, it lets you know what was completed, and if you failed that objective, it will tell you that you failed. So let's say your objective is to defend the village. It'll say if you're the defenders and the other team takes it, it'll say objective failed, defend the village, and then it then about five seconds later it'll say next objective and it'll let you know where you're supposed to go basically and what you're supposed to do which should go a long way because before we only had like things where you had to go into menus and like look up what the objectives were so it's on screen and stuff so i think it should help a lot right i mean last week we were talking about dystopia and ryan had a huge discussion with uh with urinal cake about you know how they're circumventing the confusing objectives in dystopia. That, yeah yeah, but I think the difference between Dystopia and Age of Shiv is that you guys have very flat maps. They're a little less three-dimensional than Dystopia's maps, uh, and you guys can get away with that because of the time period and the theme of the mod, right? Um, yeah. They're more well, outdoorsy fighting up maps. on a ladder with a sword is... <laughs> we try and avoid the straight vertical stuff if we can. Right. Uh, so what do you guys tell your mappers in terms of... Is that exactly what you tell them? Try to keep the environments outdoors? or Try to keep them flat? Or just whatever you want to do, do it? Uh, there's not really like any like thread that says, don't do this, do this, do this. But uh, it's kind of generally understood that... And we, from the feedback we've gotten from the community on our maps already, we know that we can't have small corridor maps. Like You just can't do it in the melee game. It gets too clustered. So we have to stay to the outdoor landscapes which tends to actually get to hurt some people's computers. But, you know, I think it's best for the game when you have a whole bunch of guys meeting in the open, and that's where the game really shines, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, like the open environments, almost a la, um, you know, almost like Battlegrounds, uh, where, yeah. they, where they try to do that. Uh, it's slow-paced like Battlegrounds, almost. Um, and I think it, I think it kind of... Like you said, a lot of people don't like slow-paced mods, but it gains its own sort of uniqueness through that. And I think a lot of mods do that stay true to that slow atmosphere. Um, a lot of people don't like the quickness of Quake. But, oh well. Um, so anyway, I forgot my next question. <laughs> Thomas, you got anything else? Hmm. I think I just got a kind of a random question. Like, I know that you said earlier that your complaints were uh, kind of constant about the speed of the gameplay, and it's really nice to hear that these um, these hints will be coming up. I'm actually probably going to go play this tonight just to see what it's like, even the old version, and then I can compare it with the new one that's coming out. But how do you deal with these complaints, like especially the ones that are more vocal? Do you consider them to be uh, people that are knocking your stuff and would rather go play something a little bit more mindless, or do you take them to heart? Like, how do you decide what's worth listening to? 
Yeah, that's actually pretty hard sometimes because people will come on the forums and they'll complain about certain things. Well, actually often, and some people will come and say the exact same thing is awesome. So it's hard to filter it out and stuff. Um, for the most part, I think a lot of it has to do with confusion on the player's part, but that's not the player's fault. It's you know it's a confusing game to jump into. But uh, I think a lot of the the reasons why people don't like stuff is confusion. Like they jump in and they, you know, the footman's faster than the archer, and they're like, well, what the heck? That's stupid. The archer has less armor and stuff like that. But if we had the archer faster, he'd be, you know, it would actually play a lot worse. So sometimes it's just people not really thinking things through. Sometimes it's confusion. They don't understand the game. Um, and sometimes it is really something that is wrong with the game or something that we can improve. Right on. And a lot of people that, uh, especially when the example you just gave, they've probably seen the Lord of the Rings movies and they're like, but Legolas runs at a bajillion miles per hour. What yeah. the hell? We get a lot, a lot of fantasy um, suggestions. Where there will never be any magic in each. Just let right. it go. That's good. With that said, though, um, you know, Lord of the Rings is infamous for their hero system. Are you guys ever going to implement something like a hero system where if you get enough kills or something, you become the hero of the class or the team or something like that? And I think that'd be kind of cool. Flaming <laughs> that's, arrows. That's, that's my suggestion. A specific feature request. Yeah, well, I mean, we're open to ideas. It's realistic fantasy that we're going for, so we try and keep uh, an edge of realism to everything. But we're not going to let realism hold us back. Um, we do Hollywoodize things in some ways, and I think that does add to the gameplay. So stuff like Heroes is, wouldn't be against that. Mm -hmm. As a more general question, though, how, how strict are you guys with your classes? Is this pretty much it in terms of classes? Or are you guys going to build upon this a little bit more? Maybe add different loadouts or anything like that? Absolutely not. There will always be more classes coming to Age of Chivalry. That's good to hear. Um, yeah. And we want to do more... We're looking for more interesting classes now. Not not more interesting, but more uh, varied classes. Like different classes with specific um, traits and skill sets that will add to the game in a, in a new way. Other than just like... We're not going to just add a guy with a bigger axe or something, you know, it, it'll be something that he's good in specific areas and not against other areas, so it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, when do you think uh, um, the mod is played the best, with a lot of people or with a little people, and why, almost? I think as many people as your computer can handle plays the yeah. best, um, because I just love the, the hecticness of medieval battle, and I honestly think if you've only ever played with ten or less people... You haven't played the game, in my opinion. I think it's just awesome to play with a full server of guys. Now, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it, every map is objective-based, right? There's no different types of gameplays? That's, well, every map is different uh, in terms of gameplay. Mm -hmm. There's not just objective maps, actually. We have... We have storyline maps, which basically go through the storyline, and they're, they're linear progressive... Uh, objectives and we have some other ones we also have two capture the flag maps and uh, two or three deathmatch maps and oh, we also okay. have a round based map so you know there's lots of different game modes I think oh, okay I, I must have only played the objective based maps then I mean one of the most notable maps is that outdoors one where there's like a little stream going across the center and it's uh, battlegrounds yeah 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 that was a fun map uh, from what I've played like you need a lot of people for that too 
Yeah, um, for sure. How's your beta testing team? Do you guys ever sit down with uh, people in real life, or is it just all, like you said, through the forums and through chat and whatnot? Yeah, well, our team is so spread out. I mean, we've got guys in Sweden, we've got guys in Australia, got guys on east and west coasts of North America. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's, we don't have time to sit down with people. Like, we just can't. So it's all online. Mm-hmm. And here's maybe a question, just uh, something something that I've been thinking of is, have you, do you guys ever plan on going towards you know sort of like a single player campaign, at all? That's actually been raised a lot uh, lately, and with the Left for Dead stuff, that actually got us more interested in actually doing that. And I think it is the team leader's goal to eventually move into single player. Um, will it happen anytime soon? That's you know a harder question to answer. Well, that's a lot of content to develop too. Exactly, and and if anyone knows, our bots aren't exactly known for their uh, <laughs> high IQ scores. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely true. So, in terms of single player, you guys were more going for like a small co-op game, or just straight off single player. If you were to ever entertain the idea, <laughs> uh, cool. I think co-op would be cool. I like I'm just talking out of thin air. This is not mm-hmm. official or anything. But well, of course. I think it would be cool to eventually do co-op or, or single player, both of them actually. But you know, it's just about time and, and when uh, it works out for us. Right. Interesting. Well, where can people go to find out more about Age of Chivalry? www.age-of-chivalry.com or our profile on moddb.com. We keep that up to date pretty well, pretty often. Thomas, you got anything else? Uh. Really off topic, but was ageofchivalry.com without the dashes taken? Yeah. It's a. Okay, I figured. Really? Yeah. It's a, like, little Renaissance sword shop or something. Don't go there. Oh, interesting. It is. So. Oriental weapons. You know. So, a note (laughs) to the listeners make sure you put a dash in between all of the words, or you're going to be at a sword shop. (laughs) And I know that for a lot of listeners, that will anger you greatly really oh yes there's a lot Just of sword go to out there. And if actually if you google age of chivalry is the first one so it is you're not you're not gonna be breaking a sweat trying to find the site so take that sword shop <laughs> i bet they i bet they hate it when they go to their customers and they're like oh we got this really cool website and the customers forget the website they google age of chivalry and they can't <laughs> find the sword shop can you imagine they have, like, the anger? way more hits than any other site but they aren't getting any sales you guys should email them. Have you ever emailed that domain we have, and been yeah. like, "Give us our domain"? Really? <laughs> yeah, they they want didn't lo- respond. I don't think they're English, but maybe oh. they are. I don't know. Oh, they probably would want lots of money for it too. But that would suck. Anyway, don't so have lots of money. <laughs> so, like you said, either uh, the the new version's already out by the time this podcast is posted, or it's out in the next couple of days, which is extremely exciting. Would you say this is your best release yet? <laughs> Wouldn't it be social suicide to say not say that? <laughs> but uh, I do think honestly, and uh, I think this is the release that um, taps into the potential that everyone's always felt the game has had. Because we've made the combat pace faster. Like we've made not, uh, you don't run around, zipping around, jumping over castle walls and stuff. But the actual exchange of blows is faster. It's more exciting. And the testers are loving it, so I'm excited about it. 
Yeah, and as soon as I saw the new gore update and the like you said the different the different animation swings and the multiple variety of ways you can swing your weapon, that just got me instantly excited. You guys are doing a lot of media blitzes, which is nice too. It gets people really pumped and hyped for the mod. So, I think to me, this is my most anticipated Age of Warrior release. I very much look forward to it. Um, so I can't wait. And maybe we can have you guys, uh, more, maybe more of your team in the show in the future. After yeah, you guys get a couple to... of the other guys were planning to go, but they weren't able to make it this time. Well, that's okay. Um, we can talk about your release and how it was accepted. I'd love to do a follow-up show at some point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, that closes up our interview with Steve. Thank you, Steve, for coming on the show. That was very fun. Um, I just got an email, actually, very quick before we close up the show, from P- Philip, from Planet Philip, and he told me that Planet Philip has the same release now as ModDB. He updated it. So if you want and if you hate ModDB, you can go to Planet Philip to download Stratermount. <laughs> he heard you. He wanted, he wanted to like... make sure. <laughs> wanted to make He's sure. like, what? Oh, I have that. Oh, angry typing, angry typing. <laughs> and now I'm now he's gonna send me an email. I'll be like, stop doing impersonations of me. Yep, that's that's what he's gonna say. All right, so that closes up another episode of uh, Podcast Seventeen. Like I said, it's a short episode, only about an hour and fifteen minutes, maybe less. Uh, I'd like to thank Thomas. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, Katrovan Disneyf. And thank you, thank you for actually playing something this week. <laughs> some 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 weeks are easier for me than others and I apologize to the listeners I really need to set aside more time uh, not not spend so much on my university papers right. and you shouldn't I don't yeah it's bad for me yeah school's stupid man video games are cool yep so so yep. the quicker you, makes you dumb. the quicker you understand that the easier the show will be yep <laughs> and thank you Steve for coming on the show no problem, man. How'd you do in Vegas? Uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> we spent we spent lots of money, but I'm not much of a gambler, so I didn't come home winning anything. But yeah. I'm my girlfriend and I total we must have spent like two grand in Vegas, and that two grand probably could have been spent much better buying like new equipment for the show, or maybe a new computer, or maybe lots of <laughs> video games. But so alas. You're just- Telling everyone not to donate because you're just spending it on your trips to Vegas. No, that's not true. We're gonna we might actually <laughs> no, you... open up a donate feature, so don't say that. <laughs> what what he's saying is Sorry. don't waste money on your significant other. That's what he's saying. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. we had we had a really good time. We went. If anybody's been to Paris, uh, sorry, Paris. Ah, I keep saying Paris. If anybody's been to Vegas, um, my girlfriend and I went to the Eiffel Tower, which is the Eiffel Tower restaurant in Paris, the Paris Hotel in Vegas, and we had a really good romantic dinner there that overlooks the Bellagio, and we sta- stood in the spot where they filmed Ocean's Eleven, where they watched the fountains at the end. That was fun. Actually, um, I'm going to post a link on Podcast 17. Actually, we'll put in the show notes, um, and it's a link to my homepage outside of Podcast 17, and it's uh, the directory of all my Vegas pictures, and you can actually watch our recording of the Bellagio fountains, and... Uh, you know, you can download the entire pack there. But there's a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures of my girlfriend, so I don't know. Hopefully nobody photoshops. <laughs> Hopefully nobody photoshops those or anything. The comment stupid. section's gonna go crazy. <laughs> but we'll put those in the show notes so everybody can see that I wasn't lying that I went to Vegas. 
and you didn't go alone. Exactly. <laughs> One thing that was thrilling, though, and if anybody goes to Vegas, you need to do this. Um, and I'm a really big roller coaster fanatic, but if you go down to the Stratosphere, which is the observation deck down the, down the strip, all the way at the end of the strip, um, or observation tower, they actually have thrill rides at the top of the tower, 800 feet in the air. And when we went, it was the coldest, windiest day of, like, my life. And there's this huge power tower up there, and they drop you, like, 800 feet in the air, and they shoot you over the edge of the um, the observation tower. It was scary as all hell. I will be the first to admit that I was screaming, and I usually don't scream on thrill rides. So, that was scary. You need to do that if you're a thrill seeker, and you're in Vegas. Because there's a lot to do in Vegas if you're not much of a gambler. And I didn't spend a lot of money gambling, just on nice things. We went to a lot of shows. We went to Cirque du Soleil, and that was fun. I love Cirque. Crazy shit those people do. Anyway, so that's the end of the show. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for tuning in. As always, you can post your comments at www.podcast17.com. Post your comments in the comment section. Check out all our show notes. Check out all the links and all that fun stuff. And uh, audio questions, video questions, we need them. We'll put your voice on air on the show if you so choose. If you have any questions, you can ask us, me or Thomas. Um, Thomas probably has more interesting answers. You're more the creative type. <laughs> what is that type. supposed to mean? You're more the creative type. <laughs> Was there no listener question this week? No, no listener question this week. Not that I can tell, unless you saw, saw one on Podcast 17. I didn't see one. So. <laughs> I didn't see one either. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's the end of the show. So thanks for tuning in, and I think that's another episode. 